It's me again. And, and we're back. back. Woo! You go. And stop drinking tea, babe, in the damn thing. That's going to pick it up. Cheerio, friends. I'm drinking tea. Tea and crumpets. But tea nonetheless. You don't have no tea. Bruv. Bruv. <laughs> Wet and gushy. Wet and gushy. No, that's not good. Buckets and a mop with this wet and gushing. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Hood Rap to Head Rap. Dun da da dun 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 da da dun dun. Starring Ebony Hart and Erica Hart. Ebony Hart. With. You didn't put no ring on it. CNN. No, not CNN. EBT. Coming to you live. <laughs> uh, this is a real nigga news network. Real you nigga know, news. You, you, know, you know what the situation is. Y'all gotta stop acting like y'all don't know. I know it's been a while. Today I cannot give a fuck. Cause Karen cost me a fortune. Cookie that's laced with that Mary. I'm how I praise the Lord. Today I cannot give a fuck. I say remember the Sabbath. Rest and recover tomorrow. We gonna be back in the Saturday. Today I cannot give a fuck. Cause I got none to give, but like I know with some kids, we all fall short of ideas. Hey, on my timeline, all I wanna see is my woman. Half naked, turning down replies from niggas who want it. You can keep your disaster, they been draining my data. All the friction and fickleness only making me callous. I'd rather have a hard on and a hard heart. Put your pussy on the chain, wax salad cart. While I ignore the world's problems like an oligarch. Free love in this bitch like it's behind bars. Shake, 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 shake. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Hood Rat to Head Rap, starring Ebony Donnelly and Erica Hart. Hood Rat to Head Rap. We're we're not going to do that. I think it's important for us to ask people that. As we come back from our what was it three month six month break? No, for a Gemini it wasn't a six month break. <laughs> it was a long break, but I think it's important to ask people: Should we do our own theme music, or should we commission someone else's music? I think we should do a poll. Okay, but whether we're, the, the the results of the poll notwithstanding, we're going to do what I want. Wow, us to do. Wow, because that's how relationships work. The Leo rising is do. really jumping out tonight. That's how relationships work, y'all. You do what the other person wants you to do. Oh, okay, it's just a joke. Uh, it's yeah, a joke. yeah. Coming from the person that's on testosterone, this masculine uh, presenting, yes, you're trying it. You're trying it right now. Patriarchy don't live here. I'm gonna get messages. Ebony really sounded like the first minute or so like it really triggered me and i apologize everybody <laughs> i apologize i apologize don't cancel me don't cancel me <laughs> if you cancel- isn't that something black people already been canceled <laughs> yes damn you know when i get the only time i'm gonna get canceled is when i go where Upper room. upper room. Stop joking about that. I don't like it. Now no, I'm starting no. to joke about it. I don't like it. I'm not necessarily joking about it. I just have a. I wouldn't even have a morbid sense of humor because I don't. I'm just being honest. The only the ultimate cancellation is the upper room. All this other shit is just some internet parlance. It ain't nothing but idle threats. 
Please. I wanted to have a new song because it's been so long, and I don't know. It just felt like renewed, just to signal to people that this is a new season. This is the season, I don't know, our third season or so. Of yeah. Do podcasts have seasons? Yes. Okay. We well, don't, this is, but podcasts do. Well, hey, right, you're right, because this ain't no <laughs> but podcast. My fear, but. So hear me out. Ebony is a musician. Ebony plays the bass. Ebony does beats. Ebony is a a rapper. Mm, Ebony is a no producer. Rapper. You better hone in. Oh, you better Lord. you better really see yourself. Jesus. He's all these things, and we could really produce something up in here. And we I think could. it would be tight if it's just me and you. It could be me, you, and we could also be accompanied by other artists and musicians, babe. That I is love important. It. That see, but I feel like it's so easy for you to think about others. Yeah, what's you wrong to, with that? It works for you, but I could give some She's examples offline how it don't work. Yes, you could yes. give some examples of how it don't work. So sometimes the you thing need is, to center yourself. But what's the line between centering yourself and remaining mm-hmm. in a collaborative nature? Uh-uh, uh-uh. So let me clue y'all in on something. Economic. This is something Geminis do. They start to get very intellectual <laughs> about very basic things. And then we turn so to the person to look at yeah, their eyes in and a Ebony conversational will, If you way. wear glasses and you're a Gemini, you probably <laughs> take your glasses off to, you know, because that's where it's going to get very deep. Yes. And to literally go off on a tangent so then and the person who's recommended it could potentially forget what their train of thought yeah, was yeah, or you know works. but see you can't trick a Sagittarius so my point to you is you need to find ways to also center yourself centering other people is important and you do that a lot music is nothing but uh, 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 a uh, uh. multitude of harmonies sounds and vibrations that come together a, a, a sound cannot happen without a vibration my whole point being is that music is a collaborative process ain't no need to put your hand over your face <laughs> ain't no need to do that Period. that's fine we'll anyway. figure it out but it's a poll so please write to us and tell us what you think when you hear this episode we'll know that you listen truly because you'll say I think y'all need to do your own song or you'll say you know put little Kim on the track Erica is trying to get sued because Erica trying to do a cover of Moesha talking about good <laughs> to the rat to the Brandy can't even do motherfucking Moesha music <laughs> so what make you think on my hood rat and head rap it's me they'll take this it's little Ebony. shit down so fast <laughs> <laughs> they probably it. gonna take it down because you just did that little riff. Brandy had to whisper it. My baby uh, is always on my mind. You just felt like saying it. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. You got a hood rat to head rat. Stop that! For be copyright infringement, how they be doing me on Instagram? <laughs> it was less than fifteen a third seconds. Party. <laughs> if this episode gets taken UMG, down, y'all Universal know why. Universal Music, Universal Music Group, <laughs> ASCAP has reached out. Uh, unauthorized usage of. I got time for that shit. But hi everybody, how y'all doing? We're so happy to be back. Yes. And if you don't know who we are, if you're joining us for our third installment, our third season of this podcast, we want to thank you for being here. If you never heard of the shit before, but you're just like, hey, I'm going to try it out. If you don't like podcasts like me, but you say, you know what, it's black people, black, queer, and trans people, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to support the community. You know, I support my black people doing independent things. We are completely independent and it's giving straight up, you know, two microphones and the computer and me and Erica. Anytime somebody listens to this, even if you don't share it, even if you don't like it, even if you don't leave a comment on Apple or iTunes or whatever the fuck, 
we appreciate you taking the time out to join us. It does mean a lot to us. Yeah. For those who have, you know, shared and donated to the podcast or for those who wrote a comment or for those who listen on a regular basis, whenever we post on a regular basis, which is seldom, uh, but whoever listens consistently, we want to thank you so much and just let you know that we appreciate it. Um, even when we take breaks, the incentive for me to come back and do this podcast, even though I don't be feeling like it, is the people that listen to it and give feedback. And I really do want to say thank you. Thank you. And if you've ever contributed to us via Venmo or PayPal or Cash App, we greatly appreciate it. And the time that we've been away, so many people, actually, I would say several people have contributed to us um, and just said, you know, old podcast, listen to the episode. So we really appreciate it. And if you would like to continue to do that, the Venmo is Erica, E-R-I-C-K-A dash heart, H-A-R-T. And the cash app is dollar sign I heart Erica. Um, so we just, again, thank you for contributing to us in financial ways. It is challenging mm-hmm. to put on a podcast or to put on any content, um, period. So getting any sort of financial compensation for doing that work absolutely makes a difference. So we, we thank you. Yes. No matter how large or small. Yes. Um, and you know, also we not serial. So podcasts don't motherfucking pay the bills. Right. Um, we still have day jobs. We still work very much. Right. Um, and so it just means a lot to us. And even when you contribute in non-monetary ways through your listening, that means and subscribing or, I forgot how that works, like subscribing, leaving a review, whatever you do. Yes. Um, it really does help. Yeah. And mean a lot. Now I'm getting the finger telling me to move on. Yes, this I've got to be the producer. This is the realistic podcast where we tell you everything that's going on behind this. We break the fifth wall. You know what I mean? Suspend that disbelief. Who are you? Did you say who you were? No. No. Go ahead. Beth. Oh, who am I? I'm Erica Hart. My pronouns are she and they. I am a sexuality educator. Uh, also do racial and social justice education. I don't consider myself an activist, but people perhaps may view me in those ways. I definitely do, you know, or participate in organizing work as it is, um, as I am able. Um, what else? I would say that. that Where's you from? I'm from Maryland and also Puerto Rico, kind of, sort of. Um, I claim both. I was born in Maryland and also raised in Puerto Rico. No, I'm not Puerto Rican or Afro-Latina. Um, I'm just a black person that lived in, black American person that lived in Puerto Rico. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's me. I like okay. to roller skate on the weekends. Is we at like a group interview? And I like long walks on the beach. We had a group interview for Ricky's or something. And I, you know, I think my work ethic is very strong. And I think some of my weaknesses are probably none. I think it's, you? Uh, you know, Ebony, PM pronouns. I'm from the town. DP to Oakland, you feel me? Put your fingers up, basically. Leave me alone. You keep, you're going to have to edit hella much. I know, I'm not, because this is the realistic, raw, oh, authentic, Jesus. like, Jesus. Unfiltered, virgin. <laughs> Non-wit. Raw. Go ahead. I don't know if I said I'm from East Oakland yet, but that's where I'm from. You know the town. If you don't know, then you can't go. That ain't changed yet. But in between times, in the meantime, you know what I mean? (laughs) Shout out to everybody in the town. You know, the north, the east, the west. Shout out to all y'all out there. Ghost town, gasket. You You know how I go. I guess one thing about me, I don't know. 
I don't know. I no, one thing it. about you. What's one interesting fact about you? you Why well, am I doing an interesting fact? Why not? You, you asked me? No, I didn't ask you what that. You something... just came about the hip. What is... Talking about our roller skates. <laughs> well, you come out of the hip. What's something you like I to do? I don't roller skate. I want to learn how to roller skate. I'm going to teach swim. you. I want to learn how to swim. I feel like it's a survival skill that I lack. Um, I'm really, really interested in learning that because if I'm in the middle of somewhere, you know, and Megan is styling and she twerking in the water and she needs help wow. and she needs to be saved, wow. then I need to be in, able to do my part. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Now I'm really not going to teach you how to <laughs> So I can save Megan this down. Uh-uh, no. Uh-uh, I don't get you. I don't get you. Got me, swallow me. What <laughs> English? <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, so welcome to this episode. Welcome. Now this episode is less about November third. It's really about November fourth, fifth, sixth, fifth, eleven. Um, this episode is heavy election heavy in nature content wise but honestly my concern for anybody who is vote listening to this today listening to this the the day after the elections the day of the election whatever the case may be is that you understand that whatever candidate wins that you have always lived in a pseudo democracy that is the way you, the united states is run um, it's almost similar, oddly enough, to Russia. Russia is also a type of democracy. And in fact, in, I believe it was July sometime this year, they had a plebiscite, similar to the one they had in Chile, that would allow, but this would actually, rather than scrap the Constitution like they're opting to do in Chile, Russia had a plebiscite in order to allow Putin to be president until 2036. And not that this doesn't just happen on the very national level in Russia. Um, there's already, similar to the United States, a sense of who is going to win, but it's just with less pretense than it is in America. They, they are straight up dictatorship. You know, it's, people understand that that is the case. Um, in fact, people, opponents are chosen for the popular dominant party in Russia. Um, Putin has had his goddaughter chosen to run against him. Of course, she wouldn't win. And even in small villages and in different places remotely in Russia, um, there was actually a mayoral race uh, where the mayor asked after everybody declined to be the losing opponent, the pre-selected losing opponent, um, this mayor at his remote village in Russia chose the janitor of City Hall. The, 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 is a cis woman who cleaned up uh, the city hall to just run against him. She said, yeah, you know, I'm going to do it to help my boss because in order to keep up the illusion of legitimacy, you have to have some type of opponent. Uh, what actually ended up happening is that she ended up winning by accident. Um, people did end up voting for her. Um, but again, like, which is a funny story and I'll link to it, but the reason why I bring this up is that the United States is not much different from Russia, and Russia has always had a vested interest in um, Donald Trump's presidency, and not just because he's super conservative, but because I think Putin recognized in an American sense of democracy, 
lots of glaring similarities to the one in Russia. I mean, from Putin, you know, rising to power um, via dubious uh, bomb, a series of bombings of apartment buildings, killing innocent people in Russia, to deaths of and assassinations and murders, rather, of political targets and opponents. Black people in this country, we have to sort of fancy ourselves as political opponents and targets of a imperialist, um, capitalist, violently white supremacist United States um, that does not and cannot change overnight just because the election is tomorrow night. Um, and I think that is important to remember. It's important to remember when you tell people that every vote counts and that their votes count uh, without telling them that in the United States we don't have a direct democracy. Um, that's like telling people, well, you know, um, just go ahead and watch 13th and see how, by Avril Renee, you know, turn on Netflix and see how far we've come. Um, without saying that, even though the 13th Amendment, you know, said that slavery was abolished except as punishment for a crime, um, which still happens, um, they don't, also don't tell you that they had to pass another one, the 14th Amendment, um, that gave black people actual citizenship, real citizenship, quote unquote. Um, but in the equation of, you know, all your votes count. Voting is your right, your choice. Um, that right was not inherently built into the Constitution. Um, the 14th Amendment does not grant black people the ability to vote. Um, in fact, states were still allowed to use um, grandfather clauses, which say that your grandfather needed to have been registered to vote or have suffrage or um all the way down to violence and murder uh, to inhibit black people from going to polling places. Um, but not even on that such an extreme level, there was a whole host of middle ground tactics to um, have black people systematically disenfranchised. Whether that was through poll taxes, literacy tests, the 14th Amendment itself, you know, requires that states not deny equal protection under the law. So in order to get around that, the states just said, you know what, we're going to have a literacy test. We're going to charge you um, poll taxes. We're going to do all that we can do. We're going to restrict. If you have a felony, we're going to restrict your right to vote. But they are free to restrict the right to vote, but based on a certain criteria, just not race, gender, and age. So they're going to begin to racialize that criteria. They're going to begin to say things like black people can't read. They're going to be able to say things like, you know, those people are undesirable. Those people don't have a mental capacity. Those people are the inferior race. You see, it happens all over and over and over again. That was in what? <clears throat> the 18th or early 19th century? But just in 2020, the California Republican Party admitted to placing misleading ballots, um, ballot boxes all around the country. That was recently. It's like people are like, you know, I'm so scared of what's going to happen on, you know, the third or the fourth. And, you know, there's going to be pending civil unrest. Like, what do you call everything that's already been happening in this country? Chopped liver? 
Like the president, literally uh, the the New York Times, a powerful newspaper, a journal, journalistic institution in this country, did a whole expose around how the president of this country essentially um, defrauded the IRS out of millions of dollars in taxes. Things that black people go to jail for. Black people go to jail for much less than those crimes. Many of which they don't even commit. If that didn't cause civil unrest, if Russia colluding and it being found that Russia was colluding in order to get Donald Trump the presidency and that didn't cause unrest, I'm just like, but beyond all that, the, the, the fake political shit, like, if black people dying in the streets, if that doesn't cause unrest, then what about an election where uh, the successor to Donald Trump will likely just be another wisest man who does believe in law and order but causes something else? Whether or not you go out tomorrow or if you listen to this in the future and you have a new president or an old president or whoever the figurehead um, for this puppet democracy is, whoever is the puppet, whoever the strings have tethered to them next, um, whatever the case may be, I want you to know and to be as informed as possible about the state of the country that you live in post and pre-election. Post and pre you going and casting your ballot for whatever five, whatever number of 538 electors that are actually going to go out and cast their vote for president. The vote that counts. Um, you're going to go, you're voting, casting your ballot and voting for them in hopes they vote for the candidate of your choice. Um, and you hope enough of them do it, 270 of them do it. People who you don't know, you don't really get access to unless you go look it up. We live in a theoretical democracy. We live in one that does not exist in deed or action. It barely exists in theory. It barely exists ideologically. Um, you can't say on the one hand democracy exists and we need to preserve it, but also claim some type of radical lens on race. You, I just don't believe those two things work at the same time. Um, they just don't. There's fealty and allegiance and loyalty to a system. That is what democracy requires unwavering belief in the system even if you are not a major player in it even if your votes don't actually count like you think they do your votes can't choose the supreme court justice um a person who's gonna have a lifetime ability damn near to the day they die to make decisions on behalf of your life and your body and the life of your family members and friends. Somebody who could care less about you. Somebody who 9 out of 10 times, 8 out of 10 times, 7 out of 10 times will be white. The system is antiquated and useless. It imperialist in nature and provides more status and more power to a wealthy few. How is that the majority how does the Supreme Court represent the majority and protect the interests of the majority if they themselves are subscribing to an antiquated system rooted in chattel slavery? Why don't people ask themselves this? That's the only real chance of having a quote-unquote democracy is being able to realize that you don't have one now. 
that this fake um, sort of anxiety about civil unrest on November 3rd is almost a, a way to distract people from that. You already are inside a civil unrest. It's here. It's been here. And if you think that in the next few days it's going to be civil unrest, unprecedented, then that's privilege. Regardless of the vote you cast, you live in a democracy in a country, one of the only democracies, quote unquote, in the world where a person who loses your vote, the popular vote, can still become president. You saw it in 2016. You saw it with George Bush versus Al Gore. And you saw the Supreme Court, the ones you don't get to choose, injecting themselves into that election and handing it over to the people who put them there. So, but I just really want to pray. We all know that today, the day that you're listening to this, or the day after, or whatever, the day we're recording this is on the eve of the 2020 presidential election in the United States. Um, I also feel like people think all the shit that's ever going on in the world is happening in the United States. As if, like, mm-hmm. there's nothing else of importance happening. In, in the United States, people think that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Like, yes. oh, my God. Now, yes, it. you know, one of the world's, quote-unquote, superpowers, major colonizer, major, super major, white major. capitalist, uh, responsible for world destruction. All the things. All the things, as well as domestic destruction here. So that's why I understand the importance would be put on that. But um, it's about what happens after the election. Everything that's happened before the election. Everything the election won't impact. So no matter when you listen to this, it's still timely. You know, election season is always pretty exhausting, I think. I think especially as a black person, a black queer person, a black non-binary person. It's just exhausting because I just feel like we it's another avenue for us to get left out, intentionally left out. And mm-hmm. I think... You know, we have spent the summer in, you know, somewhat of a black uprising. I say somewhat because I think I have a hard time pinpointing this summer as black uprising, considering so many black people, us included, Mm -hmm. do so much activism work on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me to be like. This summer was, you know how people are like, the summer of BLM. You know what I mean? It's just like, again, but I think it's consistent with white people, you know, we talked about this, white people wanting to have like fad moments. Like this is the time, like almost like civil rights too. Like Mm -hmm. the civil rights movement. It's in a container. Yeah. It's like, this is the time from this time to this arbitrary time was that movement. And that's it. And then it ended. And that's, you know, so, you know, I, it is hard for me to come off the heels of a summer that we've had a, a, a spring and the summer that we've had, to now jump into talking about voting and in the things that we consume, a lot of, you know, black culture, black radio, black TV, uh, black Twitter, all of these things. And we're noticing people like black celebrities, folks who have large platforms, people who have microphones, right? Mm-hmm. They, they have, they reach a lot of people are messaging their voting stuff in a direction that, is in in my opinion is disparaging to black people. Yeah. Um treats us like, you know, we are going to get like we're going to get in trouble. It's almost like yeah. very like leader type if you don't do this then you're going to die. Like yeah. that's essentially what Aver DuVernay said. Yes. I mean, it's not or essentially you die, well you sh- you're going to die and you should. Yeah. So you yeah, like if you don't vote 
then you it's the same if you don't vote then you don't have a voice that's the lesser way of putting it that Ava DuVernay essentially I guess thought she was saying Mm -hmm. but she didn't apologize or qualify that statement I'm just giving her the benefit of the doubt right now so it's like even the conversation of if you if you don't vote you don't have a voice Mm -hmm. but voter suppression exists in mass in this country even when black people which almost every single election Black people come out in droves and uh, and vote. Yeah. And our voices are still not heard. We came out in droves and voted for Hillary Clinton, even though Hillary Clinton didn't have our interests at heart. Yeah. Trump won. So what happens to our voice then? We voted in this last election four years ago. Right. What happened to our voice? The person that was president was a bigot. Yeah. How was he able to be a bigot if our voice matters? Right. So I think I just get so frustrated you know, and I've been turning a lot to the writings of indigenous people in this country that are just like it. Voting is not harm reduction. Voting is not something that's going to change the the ways of the murderous state. It's not going to change the ways that the U.S. is an imperialist state. It's not going to do any of that, but continue to have it run just as it should. And I just get it is it's irritating because I feel like there's no analysis. There's no critique of the state at all. It's just some sort of pie in the sky dream Mm -hmm. that a president is going to move things forward or that, you know, we I saw somebody said, you know, of course, Joe Biden is bad and joe biden sucks um but to say that joe biden is different is not different than trump is an unsophisticated position because joe biden will allow the political terrain to organize better he will provide a climate in which you will be more successful in petitioning your enemy essentially the state to meet your demands yeah um kind of like in a negotiation of sorts of on your life mm-hmm. um so you put this white person in power this white cis man um in hopes that he'll help you see it's an illusion that we have a com- uh, a company that we have <laughs> a company <laughs> i think that's accurate no, i think that's accurate that we have a country yeah. that is governed for the governed by the people and that mm-hmm. it, and that our system of governance is for the people and it's just not we're one of the only countries in the United States where the popular vote i.e. most people's individual votes my vote your vote um Erica's vote um does not necessarily get to decide the presidency yeah we're one of the only democracies in a country where that is the case yeah um due to the electoral college and i'll get into more of that yeah i need you to so i i think we did this on the last uh podcast episode where we talked about elections Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think i asked you to explain to me the electoral college because i just don't get it you know, and at the end of this episode, we yeah. are going to say our predictions. So whenever this comes out, hopefully it comes out before the election it and will. you'll be able to listen to it and hear our Damn predictions. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I'm not going to say my prediction right now, but I will tell you that there's been at least a few instances, incidents in this country where, you know, the popular vote didn't select the president Mm -hmm. and we also live in a bubble called you know black queer brooklyn i'm not even called say new york city is a damn bubble it's not black queer you know brooklyn uh period community which is very whatever like it it is very abolitionist in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. so it's a bubble that critiques 
all the things. So where I, I try to think about how people are thinking in Montana who are 53 years old and, and white and They're cis. not thinking. Right, but that's why I'm like, <laughs> that's why I'm like I have a thought of how this election is going to go, but then I have to think about the people who do not think. But period. what do they think? But my thing is, we have to start thinking about how you think about it. How some of our conversations, the election period, like yeah. our system of governance period, you cannot take it. You cannot just take the United States word that 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 this is a democracy. Yeah. If you do not see what your interests are being represented or coming to pass in your government, you cannot say that you have a government where your voice matters and that your choice that you have choice in the matter of around what the country is going to look like. Correct. You cannot say that. And you can't just keep saying, well, you have to vote on the different propositions. You have to vote on the different initiatives and referendums in order for um, your voice to matter, for yep. it to count. That's just not true. Like, you just have to have money. You have to have some type of level of affluence. You have to be rich in some way. Yeah. You know, you have to be white. You have to be a part of the predominant and ruling class in this country. Yeah. There was a study done not too long ago. I even think Barack Obama may have, in some ironic twist, may have even said this aloud. Uh, but there was some study that, you know, water is wet. That said, you know, the United States is less a democracy and more like an oligarchy, which is a government run for the rich by the rich. Well, I mean, we are closer to that. I mean, I get the emails from somebody said I get these emails because I'm registered, perhaps registered Democrat, which I don't. I'm not, I don't think I'm reg I don't think I registered Democrat, but anyway, that's not right. here nor there, but I'm getting emails from Joe Biden every single day. Yeah, and Kamala. Say Joseph R. Biden. I'm like, yes. Robin it in the subject line is please, uh, only need a dollar more or we need to not, not, not a dollar more. That's that $3. is no, no, no. That is definitely understated. $1 million. I have an email recently that says Joe Biden needs to raise at least a million dollars more in New York mm -hmm. in order to take now, Joe Biden is a millionaire. Yeah. He is a millionaire. Yeah, okay. I saw how much money he pays in taxes. That motherfucker is a millionaire. Yes. Why do you need to raise money? Period. Why do you, if you're a millionaire or not, why do you need to raise money to become president? Yeah. I thought you just need some motherfucking votes. Yeah. They're not even going anywhere anymore. They can't really travel and do large. Well, the um, you know, like campaigns and, and rallies. Mm -hmm. They can't really well, do Trump that. Trump done. is doing whatever right. the hell he mm -hmm. wants. But I, I just don't, I don't understand where the money, and people are saying it goes to the campaign and then it's never to be seen again. What, how big is it, the campaign? Why, why? I, I don't know. It just seems. Half of these people use unpaid interns anyway. <laughs> right. Are y'all getting paid? They, they want to call themselves grassroots. <laughs> Joe Biden talking about, I got a grassroots organization. Yes. I have no fucking grassroots. Y'all who are phone banking, are y'all getting paid? I feel like there's probably like, you know, an issue yeah, with paying people the do, people no, who phone bank. Right. But some people do get, some, a lot of people do get paid. There is really? money. The money in a lot of campaigns does go toward the people working for the campaign. However, I just don't understand why you need millions and millions and millions. I mean, um, let's take Hillary Clinton. I think Hillary Clinton raised almost a billion dollars wow. and then lost. Yeah. So Donald Trump also raised less than Hillary Clinton did, and he used all the money to give back to his own businesses. So oh, his, really? Yes, yes. He raised, oh, he okay, gave, that helps yeah, me so understand where this money is going. 
He booked travel and shit through his own company. Wow. With the money pro- raised. With the money raised. Okay. By half of these poor white people, no shade to y'all, but half of these poor white people who have nothing in common yeah. and who will never see the light of day of any type of money that Donald Trump has. Yeah. So wow. again, this is this investment in whiteness. White people are so similarly invested in one another yep. that they will worship a white person even if they have little to no nothing in common with them. Yeah, it's just so like even subtle, even subtly, like they will do it. Is it subtly? Subtly? Yeah, that's a word. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. subtly. Yeah, yeah, they'll do it like just eat. It, I feel like when people hear worship, the mm-hmm. first thought they go to is like yeah. bow down. Yeah. And, uh, and like, I, no, but even just a little bit, even mm-hmm. the acceptance that the U.S. is not going to change or that we need to buy into this system is a worship of whiteness. Yeah. Yes, yes. And it's on everybody's part. And I think that's what we got to get real about there is not one black person that is telling or encouraging people to not vote there's not one. yeah i don't you ain't met them what, what the nigga name well, people, think that we, see, people think that we do that how because we critique voting but how does a critique translate into don't? Because if there's no you know, critical thinking then a critique just means you don't like it which is not true. If I have a critique, let's do something. Mm-hmm. Let's do something basic. If I have a critique of spaghetti mm-hmm. and I say, you know, I think that noodles should be al dente and you say that noodles should be, you know, more, it should be a little bit fresco. more on the mushy, fresca. mushy, fresca, a little bit more on the mushy side. I don't know what the term is for that. A little bit more on the mushy side. That don't mean that you're not going to eat no damn spaghetti. Right. Right? But that doesn't mean that you think spaghetti is trash. Where is this going? You just think it could go in, but you're just having a critique of something. You're not throwing the whole thing away. No, you just I'm saying, just, I I'm think just, you can change, you can change this about that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's you just can add a little salt or something. Yeah. yeah. You can, you, I think you should cook it a little longer, but that don't mean you're not going to eat the al dente noodles. Exactly. That don't mean that. That don't mean nothing. It, all it means is that you want it mushy. That's all it means. But the thing is that the, the well, the word analogy goes with this is that the noodles will kill you. They're poison, <laughs> and I'm telling you that the noodles is poison. But you're talking about well, they al dente. They're made the way it's supposed to be made. But I'm telling you, they're actually poison. You probably shouldn't eat those noodles or get the noodles over here that are not poison. They're still fucking not al dente or whatever. But they, you know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but all no, I'm that's saying, good because then they say if you don't eat those noodles, then you won't live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and because noodle, those noodles are the only thing you can eat, then you suck for not eating them and making sure that you're still here. And what do we do? Yeah, you can cook some more motherfucking noodles, <laughs> or you can make something else. You what can the make fuck? something else. We are at unprecedented times in the world again. Let's, we're going to take it to a world view. You know what I mean? It's so, it's just so much here, yes. y'all. Y'all have to really follow It us. is. Because I'm thinking about what's happening in Nigeria with yep. the NSARS movement. And I'm thinking about how people will say, um, you know, the government in Nigeria is killing youth and killing young people and killing its citizens. And that is a black government or a, a all autonomous government mm. without considering that all the Nigerian government is doing is replicating mm-hmm. and feeling a power vacuum of the from colonizer. its previous yep. colonizers. Yes, 
Yeah, talk about that's it. Talk about it. That that's doing. all they're doing. And, but and also the colonizer going into a country, taking away culture, causing genocide, creating power structures that mm-hmm. were never present before. But then saying, "Oh, if you have this, you're better." Mm-hmm. Putting, you know, I don't know. I would say it's probably capitalistic in Nigeria as well. But capital, if yes. England is colonized, you definitely capital yeah. capitalism. So like putting in capitalistic cultural values. Yep. Will create unrest we have unrest in this country yes <laughs> it's no different it's the same type of government <laughs> yes they said the you know i'm gonna replicate yes. you know what i think what what works towards yes. which is an oligarchy which is if i'm a part of the government in nigeria i'm gonna have a government that's mostly run by rich and affluent people most of those people are going to be cis men. You're not going to see a lot of black films in Nigeria, um, a part of uh, the government system or the the national governments. You, you're not going to see that because yep. it's going to be patriarchy. All the shit is just going to keep recycling itself. You know what I mean? Yep. It's going to keep recycling itself. Yep. For example, in Chile, there was a there was a dictator there named Pinochet and. I think during Pinochet's dictatorship, I'm glad we're talking. they created um, the constitution. There was a, a constitution, a, a Pinochet era uh, constitution. Chile um, just decided to scrap its constitution and start over. Mm-hmm. It started a new one. Now, I'm not necessarily valorizing that because Afro-Chilean people, you know, are still not going to necessarily be represented in what that new, newly created constitution is Mm -hmm. because while we could say and celebrate okay they had the bright idea to throw the spaghetti out they had the bright idea to say you know what this shit ain't working i'm tired of the unrest it's 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 the level of inequity here is too too widespread to get a hold of so we're gonna have to start all over again we're using a constitution that was created by a murderous dictatorship yep we have we can't necessarily have a law of the land that allowed and sanctioned the murder of millions of people or thousands of people by our government. Yeah. That's the type of constitution we have here. Yep. But then people will say, but they threw out that constitution by voting. Okay, but then they also got to mention the coup in 1973 that the CIA supported in Chile that even had Pinochet be president. The coup that killed the uh, previous president that they had, Salvador Allende. Then they're going to have to talk about 20 years before that, the U.S. State Department um, and the whole Chile project and the Rockefeller Foundation and the Ford Foundation um, colluding to essentially um, pillage resources from Chile under the guise of economic reform down there. Like the CIA spent millions on that, on Pinochet's dictatorship. You got to mention that, too. They got a mention of 40,000 people that were killed um, by the regime that the United States helped butchers and put into power there. They have to mention the Chicago Boys, a group of University of Chicago um, economists who helped deregulate and completely inflate um, the economy of Chile and plunge them into a global depression, all for American interests, capitalistic interests in Chile. You got to mention that, too. It wasn't like, oh, we just voted. We just got the gumption. And the all-important thing is to vote. It costs people's lives. People did vote in 1973. People voted for Salvador Allende. It didn't matter to the CIA then. 
If you go and look at Chilean constitution, you just is Google that what that, they did? They voted. It says Chileans vote out, vote for new constitution. Where is that on the ballots? Where is that? Where are the right, but there still was a revolution to actually have that on the ballot. That's you know what people need to know. Correct. People need to not just focus on the actual result happening, but look at the lives lost to even get there. Yes. To even get to a point like this. Yes. And the fact that there are people who are still left out, yep. even inside of liberatory movements. I mean, I think we should do a podcast. I mean, this is us having a meeting. You're in our meeting right now where we talk about activist movements and activist spaces. Because I think people think that they're like utopias or some shit. Yeah. No, no, no. The same motherfucking structures are all replicated in those spaces. And there's a lot of shit that has to get unpacked. And so people can actually do, you know, whatever organizing work to make a difference. Yeah. But don't get it twisted that folks in activist spaces are also got by capital capitalism by uh becoming a leader power all of these things exceptionalism individualism colorism colorism is the big one um but but that is very much present and we can't deny that and i think we have to look beyond you know headlines and actually look a little deeper into chile and to the process of getting to that point but also right but not only that who's but but that's the thing we have to start with who's left out that's you can't just be like we gonna scrap the constitution yeah y'all still colorist yep y'all still marginalize the darker the darkest skinned people who live there yep you know what i mean you still have pinochet in y'all minds the white chilean people Mm -hmm. It's still present. Yep. That's why it was Where's able the colonizer to in your mind? The Constitution was able to persist for that for so long. long. Yep. It is entrenched in the fabric of people's thoughts. People have agreement yep. for you know authoritarianism. And it gets still. there via violence. I think yes. people have to understand that. It gets there violently. You, no one comes out of the womb like, oh yeah, USA, make America great again. Mm-hmm. Like that is not that is not happening. Like no. people are reinforcing this idea yep. that the United for my whole life, people have told me from my dad to teachers to principals to random people in the street to when I travel to other countries that the United States is the best country in the world. I have heard that over and over and over again, mm-hmm. despite how I would feel about it. Yeah. Like I remember I get into a huge argument with my dad, not yeah. many, not I'd say a few years ago, not many moons ago, a few years ago mm-hmm. where, you know, he was just like, you had a great life. You know, why would you ever complain? There's people, what do they say to us all the time? When we kids and we don't eat our food. There's people in other countries that don't yep. have no food. Like, mm-hmm. this, what countries? There's people in this country that don't, don't have, have no, no food, food. Right? Like, so what, you know, this, uh, again, it's just not, I don't want people to think, like, oh, you know, I don't know. I feel like what we said was, like, you you know, you have a colonized mind. It got there when you're mm-hmm. talking about Chilean people. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you you were got by Pinochet, right? Yeah. Like you, that is in your brain, mm-hmm. but I don't want to take it lightly that it would, whatever colonized thought you have has been put there violently yes. by threat of your life yes. or threat of your existence yeah. um, across the board. So I just wanted yeah, to Yeah, no, that's that. true. Ain't no way you could be the greatest country in the world when you make up less than 5% of the world population, but 20% of the people incarcerated in the world are incarcerated in this country. You can't be the world's best country if a motherfucker got to make a decision between am I going to call an ambulance, am I going to get health care, or am I not going to pay my rent? That that's But that is the best to the United States. Yep. I don't under, think people understand the United States is a white country. 
Yeah. It was a country that is completely and totally invested in the superiority, the faux, pseudo, not real superiority of white people. In literature, you can go through all the literature and my statement will be corroborated. Or the fact, it's not even my statement. The fact that this country and white people who live in it are completely obsessed with maintaining power yep. is evident. Yep. In 1957, well, how many years? Maybe like six or seven years before the voting rights. You know, I'm bad at math. Some odd number of years <laughs> before the voting, ra- voting rights act. 1,500 years. Well, before the Voting Rights Act of 1965 yes. that would actually, um, you know, let's see, create the conditions to where black fems could actually in earnest vote yes. and have their vote counted and yes. not necessarily be inhibited. That was the thought. That was the, the, what the les- legislation was supposed to do. Yeah. The 19th Amendment in 1920 was supposed to do that, but it didn't even barely do that for whites as women. Mm-hmm. Um, it did it for whites as women, but not perfectly. Voter suppression was very much still happening. But in 1957, conservatives, quote-unquote conservatives, i.e. just racist white people, we got to start taking this language out. Yeah. Racist white people, conservatives wrote articles and there was one in particular in 1957 called The South Must Prevail. And you should really look it up. It's by some random person who would have in 1957 been like Tucker Carlson or something. Some random conservative who just was a talking head that people listened to named William F. Buckley. And William F. Buckley said in The South Must Prevail... Um, very blatantly, and it was published in like a national like magazine or journal. The central question that emerges, and it is not a parliamentary question or a question that is answered by merely consulting a catalog of the rights of American citizens born equal, is whether the white community is entitled to take such measures as are necessary to prevail politically and culturally in areas in which it does not predominate numerically. The sobering answer is yes. The white community is so entitled because for the time being, it is the advanced race. The British believe, the question as far as the white community is concerned is whether the claims of civilization supersede those of universal suffrage. So the universal right to vote. The British believe they do and acted accordingly in Kenya where the choice was dramatically won between civilization and barbarism and elsewhere. The South where the conflict is by no means as dramatic as as Kenya nevertheless perceives important qualitative differences between its culture and the Negroes and it intends to assert its own. Hmm. They're telling you right here that white people through any means intend even through using legislation, the one that y'all telling us to vote for, using the quote unquote democratic process they intend to by, by any means supersede that process because they believe themselves the advanced race. This has not changed. No. There was a whole Voting Rights Act in 1965. That presupposes that you could not necessarily vote. Your right to vote didn't come by virtue of a vote. Mm -hmm. You could not vote to earn your right to vote. Anytime you hear about voting rights, it's a right sounds to me something that is inherent, mm-hmm. something that you just have. Mm-hmm. You don't have to earn it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do shit to mm-hmm. get it. Okay. it this was a fight. All yep. you see in the books is 
Ida B. Wells and Fannie Lou Hamer, they had to fight yep. for the Voting Rights Act of 1965. They had to fight mm-hmm. for uh, black uh, women's suffrage. Yep. You have to fight for suffrage. And some yep. people say, well, why do you have to do that? Well, the reason why you have to do that, again, it goes back to this very thing yep. called constitutionality. The actual constitution was created by white cis men for their own benefit. Mm-hmm. That is the way that it works. Like, even with the um, 19th Amendment, for instance, with the 19th Amendment, um, what it, the, the text of it says, the right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex, so biological sex, which is... Again, it's not thinking mm-hmm. about trans people that it's not thinking about none of that. It's no. like everybody's saying I'm not, you know, I'm not a biological essentialist and I'm, you know, black mm-hmm. trans lives matter. Okay. But yet you are continuing to support and to perpetuate th- that rule of law. But you're calling it exercising your right. But when the people who wrote it, they actually didn't have your rights in mind. Mm-hmm. They create the whole the the whole um creation of the electoral college it was due in part to to the fact that the um, framers, these motherfuckers, these white people who created the Constitution, thought that letting people um, choose the political leader or the president was too democratic. Yes, this is remember you telling me. Like they 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 dispense with the idea of the popular vote. They they needed something in addition that would help them will control. They did not um, necessarily trust the individual to endorse the rights of other people. Meanwhile, they said that certain people had inalienable rights and certain people didn't in the creation of this document. So it's just like, I don't truly understand just this, the, the conversation around, you know, your vote is your right. It's just not like you, you, the electoral college is 583 electors we are voting for people to vote for us. You're yeah. voting so that you can somehow, I guess, influence the decision of these electors who will ultimately decide the election. And that's what I keep asking. Based on what? Is it based on people voting? Or mm-hmm. is it based on their own convictions and beliefs? Like, is there a, a majority of Republican electoral college? Like, what is it based on? But that's the thing. I don't, you don't. <laughs> because don't, the popular vote was won by Hillary Clinton, but Trump won. So what is it based on? By because a if, margin she won. By a wide margin. Yeah, millions so of votes. what is it based on? What are they looking for? Because it ain't just votes. But, but not only what are they looking for, who the fuck are these motherfuckers? Who's the college? That's what I keep asking. Who are they? They named it the Electoral College because I guess they thought college meant like the literal or the uh, denotative definition of the word college, like a group of people who share the same interests. That is that remains to this day something created in like the 18th century. That is what it is today. We are voting for the electors to choose yes. the president. Yes. 583 people where we only need 270 of the votes anyway. So Donald Trump got 270 from the, elector. the electorals, the, the electors, the electoral college. Like Jesus. you're going, you're voting. Yeah. You're voting for the electors of your state to go vote for the president. 
you yourself are not voting for the president. It's not a disempowering reality. It is the reality. Yeah. It's not meant to say, you know, it's completely nihilistic and futile, but you have to understand the climate of your country that you live in. Joe Biden has been a politician for many years. Yeah, like 30. 30 mm -hmm. years in a country where Donald Trump was able to be yep. a criminal to quote unquote criminal or to be a, a billionaire um, yep. without any type of bigot, bigot, all of that, without any type of training, any type of expertise, any type of like nothing just yep. because he was white. Yep. The same thing that made Joe Biden a congressperson and entrenched his position and gave him massive job security for three decades is the same system that created Donald Trump. Yep. A trust fund baby, a white person just in New York with hella fucking money, um, horrible business dealings, hella corrupt. Yep. Like, it's it's the same. Yep. So I think it's not this whole idea of like, you know, even Angela Davis kind of saying, you know, Joe Biden is going to be more pliable. Yeah. You know, more We can hold him accountable afterwards. A little more easily <laughs> than we would Donald Trump. And I'm Which like, president have we held accountable? But Joe Biden was the, like you said the other day, he Joe was Biden the vice, was the vice president. Joe Biden was the vice president when there was a black uprising in this country called Black Lives, the Black yeah. Lives Matter movement. And literally he had, he, I, I guess, I don't know how much the vice president and the president talked to each mm -hmm. other, but the president, his boss or his right hand sent fucking tanks to Ferguson. Yeah. So were you a part of that? Yeah. Because you weren't pliable at that point. So no. now you're going to be pliable no. when you're in office? Well, it's a Bye. better, they say, baby, it's a better, he'll be a better, he'll create a better he's political terrain to strategize. There, but he's already been there. Yep. So it's nothing that we even need to be, you know, exp we, we need to be skeptical on. We yeah. know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's a better... What and like you said, what strategizing were folks able to do that Joe Biden helped create or happen? Yeah, that Joe Biden was like, I'm in support of. Joe Biden was asked after trigger warning, uh, um, Walter Wallace Jr. was killed, um, and murdered by police in Philadelphia. You know, his thoughts not that his thoughts matter, but he was asked his thoughts and he said, Well, ain't no need to loop. Yeah. He said, what, what are your thoughts on, you know, black people who keep getting murdered by police? Mm -hmm. And he said, I think absolutely positively that looting is never the answer. And it was no, that was know, his response. I'm really sorry, you nope, know, about it. the situation the and that we're going to make sure that the officer who did this and the whole entire Philadelphia police force is completely abolished and held to account and that all the money and all the restitution is given to Walter Wallace Jr.'s family. And we're going to make sure that, you know, there's crisis response and all type Nothing. Yep. Nothing. Yep. Nothing. And all of the debates were pretty much trash. But one thing that I definitely noticed was that there was no mention of trans or non-binary people or gender non-conforming no. people in any of the debates. And that's also consistent with them just not giving a fuck because yeah. there's no trans, non-binary, gender non-conforming on anybody's license, I think, in any state. So it's mm -hmm. not going to show up. So when the CNN or MSNBC or whoever's reporting the election on Tuesday, they're not going to run the numbers for trans and non-binary and gender non-conforming people who are voting. They're just not going to do that. Yep. It's just literally erasure. Like yes. It's just women and men. That's literally what it's going to say. But I think it's also, you know, what was telling about the last debate was 
the conversation around ICE detention centers mm. and how Trump said, you know, your administration is actually the people who created the ICE detention centers. And it's true. ICE, I think, was created under the Obama administration. You can look it up. You can fact check that. Mm-hmm. You can fact. Yeah. But ICE is a new institution. It is not old. No. It is not an old institution. So look that up. But it was definitely Obama administration that created detention mm-hmm. centers. So when that was brought up, he didn't address it. So there was all of this talk. I mean, we talked about this when it was, you know, when it was at its height, when that people were saying, and they still say Trump has children in cages. Mm -hmm. So did Obama. Where were you? Right. What happened? And And now you're about to uh, potentially vote in his vice president. Are, are they the right hand or his former vice president? Was he the right hand in signing off on the cages? Did he not know about it? Is he saying, is he washing his hands of responsibility? Like what, what is his answer to that? And the problem is that people are too preoccupied with, mm-hmm. oh, well now the right wingers is going to hop all over it. And yep. what you mean? Should yep. we just vote for Trump? Is that That's the better alternative? But you're with. not preoccupied with the fact that people, kids, that's over a thousand children have gone missing under ice detention. Yep. They've gone completely missing. People, you, you, people had this whole rhetoric of, oh, we separate, you know, children are separated from their families. Where did you think again, this back to the electoral college, the electoral college was born out of slavery. The South had way, the South needed more leverage. They had lots of black people that they enslaved. Yeah. What to do about them? Oh, make them three-fifths of a person so that the South can get extra leverage inside of this um, electoral college. Yeah. Like, it's just stupid. Yeah. People were separate. This country is built on people being separated from their families. For children being separated yeah, say from their that. families. Say that. Say that. Say that. Been happening for a long time. It's been happening for a long, long time. That's the time. name of the game here. That is not yep. some new Obama or Trump era advent. Yeah. Yeah. That is the name of the game here. That's how the economic infrastructure of this country was possible. Yeah. Through it's through the, the, the murder of indigenous people and the enslavement of African people. Indigenous Africans kidnapped, torture, and sexual abuse and murder of black people. That is how you get the country that's the best in the world. Yeah. Oh, apologies. ICE was created under George W. Bush. Yeah. Two, yeah. 2003. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But still, either way, if people think that ICE is like something that's been around since, you know, the inception of this country mm-hmm. or as long as the Constitution or even the 1960s. No, it was created in 2003. <laughs> Right. Yes. The Department of Homeland Security, I believe, was also created during the uh, Bush administration. Yep. Yep. Following 9-11. Yep. So, again, like, I'm just trying to connect. It's all about, but it's it's what you said. (laughs) It's all about vote Trump out. That's what people said. Vote fascism out. You can't vote any of those things out. They've always been present. And that's what you were touching on. Trump was created in this country. Mm-hmm. He didn't, he's not, you, the only requirement to be the president of the United States is that you got to be over 35 years old mm-hmm. and born in this country. That's it. That's it. That's it. Trump met those two requirements, but also his, 
bigotry, the way that he thinks about the world, mm -hmm. sat with other people mm -hmm. because he is not an anomaly in this country. No, no. You cannot vote that shit out. Mm -hmm. He was able to do all the things he was able to do and never got fired. He was never impeached. Yep. I well, he was impeached. It. That's the problem. He was not impeached. He was impeached. He was not taken out of office. I thought it didn't go through. He was impeached. The impeached, but it did not culminate into any charges being brought against Oh, impeachment. Oh, you're saying that is? you're saying the specific like you were impeached. You were on trial for impeachment. No, you, he was impeached. He was actually impeached. Got it. But is that can you really say he was actually the impeached? nigga was impeached? That's what impeachment is. Explain there it to was me. I don't understand. Found charged with misconduct. Yes, that okay, he was charged. He, he was, was not, not convicted. He was charged. Not convicted. The impeachment yes. is the charge. Got it. But he was not convicted. He, he what I you know what I'm saying? He did not lose his job is what That's I'm it. saying. Yes. He was able to run this country mm -hmm. in the ways that he in his asshole racist ass ways and yep. the ways that he wanted to and mm -hmm. it gave him no consequence. All it did was have people debate if he's racist or not. That was literally something that we watched on CNN or yeah. MSNBC or one of those motherfuckers that people were sitting around news anchors correspondents were saying like well is he racist or how could we prove why he's racist or how but why is that a debate in a racist country why and is that why are you able to why would you be able to become the president as a bigot why is it an opinion to be a racist why yeah. is that an opinion yep yeah. Why is your racism an opinion? Because you want the country to continue to run in favor and domination for white people. That is the only thing. And the idea that Biden could come in with what you said, which I think was so pivy, like I'm just really like, boom, it's so simple. But the United States likes this racism covert. Yeah. Like it likes it hidden. It likes a quote that says looting is never the answer. It, you know, uh, Trump gave it to you straight. Yep. Trump said, you know, they're all thugs and criminals. Mm -hmm. I mean, so Biden has also said that, but I guess he's now redacting and taking it back and not saying that, you know, he's no longer speaking in those ways so he can become the motherfucking president, but continue to have legislation that yeah. and continue to have laws and continue to not give a fuck about black people like he has for the past 30 years that he's been in government. <laughs> and I think that's, Maybe everybody just watched 13th and was like, damn, you it's know what? It's the connecting for me. The it's Netflix, the connecting of you know, the things Let me turn me. on Netflix and watch 13th. <laughs> and, you know, okay, yep, slavery is abolished except for as punishment for a crime. You know, but then y'all didn't look at 14th Amendment. Y'all ain't look at the 15th. Y'all didn't look at how they have, after the 13th, had to keep creating amendments. Yep. Till they all got all the way to 19 just to say, okay, yeah, now women can vote. Since <laughs> women can vote. And black women, okay, y'all still need, you know, got the grandfather clause going or your grandfather needed to have been able to vote. Your grandfather was likely his what? Like, no, like, y'all have, I just, the Constitution is online. I'm gonna link to it in this podcast <laughs> because I want y'all to read it and read the right, the 19th Amendment, the right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. But that doesn't, that does not spell out an inherent right to vote. 
Yes. It's not an inherent right. It was not included in the Constitution. They said, actually, I don't trust these people who I just previously subjugated to be voting for a leader. Yep. There's a lot of black people who we just enslaved. They probably might have some means to, quote unquote, rise up against us. Yep. Let me find out a way to make sure that doesn't happen. Yep. Like, I just don't understand how y'all can watch 13th. You can see you can how see the it. United States still found a loophole except as punishment for a crime to have people enslaved, use the carceral system, the whole type of, the whole advent of the police, the police state in this country was born out of slavery and slave catching. That is how it was created. Mm -hmm. And y'all are sitting up here saying we should defund the police Mm -hmm. rather than it just not exist. Mm -hmm. And maybe we are past the point of like, I don't know, like maybe hope. Mm-hmm. I just think this country, people are walking around here fronting like, oh, we got so much hope. We doing this for the future. We need y'all to vote so that we can have a country and that we don't have World War Three or whatever the fuck. Y'all don't really care whether or not one way or the other, if that happens or not. And I think for <laughs> me, what I'm, what I'm getting from what you're saying and what I'm coming to as well is like all of these you know, books that white people were buying, uh, you know, over the summer and buying up all these, have all these books on like waiting, like selling them out and shit. Where is the connect? Where is the reading of the book? And then the connecting of the dots is, is it, does it just live as information and just being dominant inside of your knowledge? Now you have more Mm -hmm. fodder for, you know, maybe talking about it at at a board meeting or some shit. Like what, what is the point if you're going to read this stuff and then do nothing with it. And when we say do something with it, when we're talking about voting, you don't, there's not a looking at us like we're silly mm-hmm. when we're talking about how racist this country yes. is. It's like you, that means you do something about it. Even when we're not directly talking about race and racism, you don't respond to fascism with fascism by saying that you need to vote or you should die. Mm. That's fascism. Oh, you need to, you have these two options for people. You are, you're beholden to a two party system. You're being funneled into that party system that is partisan, where it is okay for a person who is Republican to have austere economic views that keeps people poor and keeps the disparity between the, the wealth between people, especially black people and white people at a huge margin you fascism is saying that is your choice this binary take it or leave it and if you don't you're stupid yep and your concerns are moot and you just need to shut up you need to vote blue no matter who you need to vote period (laughs) but if i voted for donald trump y'all be dragging me from the hills and back yeah but you telling me that I just need to but exercise you're the my problem, right to not the fact that he was able to be on the ballot. Yes. Yes. You are the problem. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Or that the fact that people are concerned that their votes are not being counted and they're being called stupid when they're spot on. Yep. They're spot on that we don't know who the people, who these electors are unless we've sat down and looked at it yep. and Google and did hella deep research into that. Yep. They're not telling you on your ballot who the electors is. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. 
for people who might need that information no. where it might not be accessible for them. No, people think that a lot of people think that it is just the popular vote. Like if enough people vote, that's all that matters. But there's enough evidence that shows that that is not the case. Mathematically, Erica, I will link to it in the description of this podcast. Okay. It'll be chock full of resources for your information. Please and read education. the In all of our podcast episodes, actually just a quick shameless plug um ebony works his ass off and puts all of the resources for each podcast episode so it is all there um literally a whole index of things that, that you can go and read can go and read yep. and when before and you go to check. the ballot whatever it is that you want to do yeah on november 3rd that you are fully informed of what your actual rights are Yep. Not the rights that white people assume that we all have. Because we don't all have the right to vote. If yep. you are a person who in certain states that do govern elections, mostly the states do, even national elections they govern. For example, in Texas, you can if you are uh convicted of a crime or convicted of a felony and you serve out your time. But you're given probation. While you're on probation, you can't vote. Yes. Even though you didn't already did the time. Yeah, there was somebody who, other than the person that Chris, you... Yeah, other than Crystal Mason? Uh-huh. Another person who may be sent back to prison because he uh, registered to vote and while he was on probation. He, was in, he just got out of jail for being in jail for 30 years. They're black? Yes. Come on. Like... Yes. And also, <laughs> Little Wayne. Um, I don't know that Little Wayne can vote. Why? Because Little Wayne has a gun conviction. So I think he, when it, when he was talking about, I think during the Obama election, two thousand six, mm-hmm. he was talking about Obama, but he couldn't vote. So he was saying, "What about Obama to vote for him?" I think he was saying to vote for him, or he was considering it, or we something. You know, Little Wayne is hella fucking anti-black. No, so, but still, he can. I don't think he can vote, but it's just. It's it's funny that he's he can with Trump and Trump is smiling with him when he can't. I don't even think he can vote. But he don't care. He don't, he care. don't care. But and that's he's not even <laughs> thinking like, well, why the why can't I vote? He's not going there to talk about that. I want to tell y'all too before I even go any further. I care about voting, but yeah. I care in a different way than people might think. I care that I live in a country that is presided. I care that I live in a country that is governed by a constitution that would have me not have any rights that had to be amended in order to make room for people who look like me. Who has my liberation as a threat? Mm-hmm. Black liberation is a threat to not just the uh, white American establishment, but to the system of governments, governance itself. To have a democracy in this country that is not run by the people who were enslaved and killed to make sure this democracy is even possible so that y'all can vote and do thirst trap pictures with thongs on and shit that say <laughs> vote or motherfucking twerk vote or whatever the fuck you want to do or, you know, make socks and t-shirts. People die yep. in order for y'all to be talking about how y'all have such a democracy. Mm-hmm. For people to be getting on the radio talking about we need, you know... Um, everybody to go out and get out there and vote. You want people to go and get out there to vote, but for somebody else's interest. 
So that Joe Biden or Donald Trump or whoever the fuck, it don't even matter about who the candidate is. So whoever the fuck can have this huge amount of world status and power and to be practically immune from any type of accountability who can actively commit crimes. One person who can actively commit crimes and have the constitution not hold them to account for those crimes, but yet have it look like it on the surface. I mean, it is the ultimate white person flex. But that's and so I it's care about voting in the sense that I know that I live in a fascist country, but I know I've always lived in that. Yeah. I know this country even before I was born, my parents are parents. They parents they've all lived in it. Mm-hmm. This is an authoritarian state. I'm sorry. In many ways it is. If you are black, it's authoritarian authoritarian state for different people. Yeah. You know what I mean? For yeah. different groups. Yeah. For white people, it's free reign. Just for you. Yeah. It's created for and by you. Yeah. Like, white people will just, like I said, like William F. Buckley said in 1957, will do pretty much anything short of murder to make sure that you don't have any rights, even when you do have the right to vote. Yeah. Even after suffrage. Yeah. Even after black people gain the right to vote. That did not guarantee that our rights that we are voting for or whatever was secured. Yeah. You still had to fight. You still had a whole civil rights movement. Like, it just, it just, I care about voting in the sense that I know that it's something up about it. Yeah. That I know black people are being used sort of as a bargaining tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't have no answers to how to get out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, France Fanon said you wasn't colonized through. Um, nonviolent means you won't be colonized through nonviolent means. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really know what to think of it. I mean, you don't have fascism without violence, so ending it would also in be violent. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't. It don't. It don't make sense that it would be any other way. I yeah. just, it honestly, it just it, it don't. And I don't know why that is radical, or why that is on the fringe to say, but fascism isn't. Or white supremacy isn't. Mm -hmm. White supremacy is what must be maintained. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is like, must be eradicated. Or must be gone. You can't say that. Don't say that. Right. Yeah. Because you're collateral. Right. You're collateral for the election. Right. Black people are collateral for the election. Your water, just like elections pass. If we want to just take a step out of this election, like elections pass. Yeah. You are water under the bridge. This is not the most... You ask somebody who was a child or a teenager or an adult in a voting age during um, Ronald Reagan's election. That might have probably felt like the most important election of their time to. <laughs> Bill Clinton, maybe most important election. What differentiates this election from elections past if the country has made marginal gains yeah. in its equity? Yep. Yeah. There has not been reparations for black people. It's, and there, it's not on the ticket. What, it's not on the ticket what state? for Trump nor Biden is reparations for black people on the ticket. No. And I didn't hear no question about reparations at any of these debates. Am I wrong? Am I forgetting a debate? No, I don't, I don't remember hearing nothing. No, it was only at the primaries. Yep. And even then it's like, yep, you don't care. They don't care. They don't care. So I, I, I'm just of the opinion that I know that voting is important because if, so for example, 
um, a black femme in 2016 attempted to, she mm-hmm. actually vote. She kept, she was able to, um, in Tarrant County, Texas, Crystal Mason was able to cast her ballot. Um, her probation officer told her that she was able to vote because she had finished her sentence for a felony that she received. Um, also, the whole, we watched 13th. These charges, these felonies, these convictions that black people are getting by and large, but that white people who are committing the same crimes or, or committing crimes and not getting convicted, like, it's how do y'all forget that those two things are linked? Right. Like that mass incarceration, like it's created. That the Thirteenth Amendment, in. yes, is literally ex- an extension of slavery. Yeah, it's in the Constitution that the president upholds that the president, this one passed, uh, further path, the future. None of them are intending to change that. No, we're no, resisting. It's just a documentary. Yeah, we're resisting <laughs> through you know abolition, resisting yes. an amendment that has already passed. Yeah, that is in that motherfucker. Yeah. It ain't. It's. Is it, is it going to be further amended? I hope. Yes. But that's not. It's that's. Hard. But yeah. have you heard about it on the um? Nope. The debates. Nope. Were they talking about any nope. new nope. amendments? No. Or? He said he's not. I mean, the closest thing is talking about uh, talking about police, and he said he is not for defunding the police. Yeah. He said he's not. In yeah. <laughs> plain language, Biden. He literally said he is not. It wasn't no unclearness about it. And I love that. Yeah. I love how just straight up. Straight but I'm up. just going to look and just be like, okay, okay, y'all. Well, that's the thing. Well, so I was saying about Crystal Mason, she was on probation. Mm-hmm. Her probation officer told her, you know, hey, uh, you can vote. Uh, Crystal Mason decided to use her quote unquote right, her voice and her choice yep. in the 2016 election and was sentenced to five years in prison because in Tarrant County, Texas, you. A person who has a felony until their probation is complete cannot vote. Yeah. Even though they are no longer in prison. Even though they served a time that they quote unquote deserve to serve. Putting people in confinement that they could deserve that in this country. Hmm. Is even a thing. But they did it and they received five years. A white person who um, voted for Donald Trump twice in the 2016 election. I believe their name was what was that white lady name? Don't matter. Uh, no, it mattered. Terry Lynn wrote in Iowa. Mm-hmm. She received seven hundred fifty dollar fine and probation for voting for Donald Trump twice in twenty sixteen. Wow. <laughs> in the same, it gets better or worse. In the same county, Tarrant County, Texas, that Crystal Mason was sentenced. And from the same court that she was sentenced five years for exercising her right, a federal judge was found guilty of forging signatures to get himself on the ballot to be a judge again. You want to know how much time that he did? His name was Russ Casey. Same county and everything. Same county as a white lady? No, same county as Crystal Mason. Oh, got it. How much time did he For forging signatures to get himself be on the ballot to be a judge again. How much? A, a month. Five years probation. Wow. So no jail time. Did he get to still be a judge? Well, he said, um, I'm not. Well, he got to be a judge up until he lied. Until he no, got no, caught after, lying. No, after. No. No, wow. he stepped down, quote unquote. But at uh, that point, it's like, you he know. He wasn't fired? Yeah. No, he just stepped. He was asked to step down. Wow. So... 
Yeah, this is the same county. This is Texas state law. This is the reality. How can people say your vote, your choice, if Crystal Mason doesn't have a vote, right, or choice in a country, in her own country, cannot vote in a major national election here that would decide her life where she would be at the impact of who of whoever wins, regardless of who they win, mm-hmm. has no say in that choice. Yep. Her vote was not counted. Yep. How can we people still continue to say, well, it's your variety. It's your voice. It's your choice. Yeah. I don't know if people want to deal with that. The rights that you have in this country, they may not all be rights. They should be. They rights. should be, but they're but that's the but thing. they're not rights. They should be though. They shouldn't be. So you shouldn't have to fight rights. for a right. Yeah, it's my right. You shouldn't have. You know, to. It's my right to leave the house. I'm gonna fight to get out the door. Right, right. This that's what that's what I'm like. Why do, why is the the comfort in fighting for the right? Why don't they just do what's right? Like you I don't see. get that. I was saying earlier that I don't also I don't understand the you know a two party system. I don't understand. Yeah. Me, okay, if we're having a two party system, then the people can opt in to which party they want to be a part of. But I get that there needs to be representatives of that. But why can't it just be tenants? Of the parties. Mm-hmm. And then the leaders, they follow the tenets of everybody. Yeah. I don't understand why they're... I don't know why a politician would be able to say, I'm a part of this party and this is what I believe and this is what I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve in these mm-hmm. ways. How? <laughs> You're leaving out people. Like, what you mean? But How like you, you gonna say, be- as a politician, you should have to, what did you say, denounce mm-hmm. all these fake beliefs that you have around, oh, I'm a Republican, so... I think that everybody should be that abortion should be illegal. Like, huh? That yeah. don't make no. That makes no sense. It makes no. You sense. should be a public servant. That's what politicians are supposed. But to that's be. what they say that they are. But that's not a public servant. You are in it for yourself. Yeah, you're self serving. Yes, it's self serving. Yes. yes, and there should and there shouldn't be any way to disagree with what people do with their bodies or how they take care of themselves or the the basic needs that people need. Like there should be no disagreeing with that. Well, like, Amy's gonna take them away, babe. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett. <laughs> she's gonna take them away. Why as a oh Amy Coney Barrett? Why do you think? And I'm you know I get to access it. I get privileged. You know, live with a sex educator. Why do people care so much about the particular legislation of Roe versus Wade? And who normally cares? Like, why is that a thing? I'm genuinely asking this. So I was trying to explain to my dad. (laughs) My dad is such a trigger for me in talking about these things. It's so hard to talk to him about this. It's like when, as an educator, it's like that one student you're teaching and then you have that one student that's like, I don't, I'm not really connecting why that makes sense. But the way that they say it is like, did you hear what I just said? And then said? while you saying it, they be, <laughs> mm, they be looking at this right. shit like, it's face like, be turned up. It's like, you are hearing something else in your head. You are not hearing what, what I'm I saying. And I would like to, you know, actually get what the hell is with that you're thinking in your head rather than having me work extra hard. But anyway, so that's what it's like talking to my dad and my dad, we were talking about abortion uh, this week and I was explaining to him that abortion, you know, 
conversations, abortion rights is a is a very much a second wave feminism tenet. It's something mm-hmm. that they talked about, that they fought for, that they really pushed. And inside of the fighting for Roe vs. Wade, they left out a lot of black and immigrant uh, people, yeah. pregnant, potentially people who have uteruses, people that could be potentially be pregnant, um, and anybody else, anybody else's body. Like mm-hmm. they're just thinking about white cis women yeah. inside of Roe v. Wade. Like that was it. and inside of birth control, like mm-hmm. initiatives, um, and activism. And in the leaving that out, they forget that this country is founded on eugenics of black people, of people with disabilities, of people with mental illness, of people who are criminals. Like all of these are people, I say formerly incarcerated, but the wording in a lot of eugenics literature yeah. is about criminals. Yeah. Um, they, they literally, the target was let's get these people out. So if now we're having, you know, a conversation around abortion in like the 1950s and 1960s, and then eventually in the 1970s, when it passes, there's no conversation towards black folks. Like, Hey, maybe you have some trepidation around a conversation around abortion because you know, your children have never been regarded as something that are human or Mm -hmm. your whole body has never been something you, your existence has not mattered. So maybe this is triggering for you because you've literally been sterilized for the entire time that you've been here, either, Mm -hmm. you know, through uh, sexual assault, sexual violence, or through an actual act of sterilization, Mm -hmm. medical medical sterilization. So, you know, and you were using you, your relationship, the state's relationship to your body and reproductive um, abilities was to create more people to do work. Yes, that yes. was the only mm-hmm. the only purpose is to yep. create more cattle. Yeah, right. So there wasn't in in that conversation wasn't there, and a lot of that. And when we talk about feminism, again, this is the connecting of the dots. We talk about white feminism, and we say how white feminists wanted to become like white cis men. So uh, the Roe vs. Wade was passing and the urge to have it pass was consistent with white cis women wanting political power. Mm-hmm. It's hard to have political power if you got three, four, five, six kids. Yeah. It's not impossible, Amy Coney Barrett, right? Mm-hmm. It's not impossible, but it's challenging yeah. to work your way up some sort of capitalist ladder mm-hmm. into leadership. If you have mouths to feed, mm-hmm. you're going to do what is necessary to take care of those kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what is then happening is like, oh, I should be able to do whatever I want with my body and have the amount of kids that I want to have and not just have it left up to whatever, you know, sperm that's deposited <laughs> into yeah. my body. Like, I, I should be able to do that. But that is the only thought yeah right there's no thought around you know beyond that there's no considerate it's just abortion Mm -hmm. right it's just birth control like Mm -hmm. margaret sanger is thinking i want white women period Mm -hmm. to have control over their bodies Mm -hmm. and i'll have that happen at the expense of black people at the expense of afro puerto rican people at the you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. at the expense of disabled people so you know always that has been the focus yeah now that's important to understand because then you have to get who their rivals are are white cis men yeah right there it's white women who white cis men are politically usually with Mm -hmm. right and generally speaking together 
whitest women saying fuck you to whitest men mm-hmm. i'm gonna do what i want with my body yeah when whitest men we live in a country founded on anti-black mm-hmm. slavery founded on white supremacy this is where we come full circle and we say white supremacy also impacts white people yeah like i'm not sure why whitest women thought that they could have control over their bodies when everybody else, nobody else got control over their bodies whitest men have always said who's gonna do what and how are you gonna move and what limb you're gonna pick up next you weren't either and i think that there was this like wait a minute, what the fuck? And I think it continues today. Yeah. This like, what the fuck? Why do you think you can have control over my body when it's not like, historically, everybody's body has been controlled other than them. Yes. Right? Other than the mm-hmm. white cis men in power. So why would you and think they otherwise? To, they pro-life, but they kill to have that be the reality. They kill, they to, kill have, to have the control over other people's bodies. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I think... You know, what I was trying to get my dad yeah. to understand is that white cis men want white people to be empowered, to be dominant. Yeah. And their numbers are diminishing. And that mm-hmm. has been the case for the past 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it was 10 years ago. They were like in 2021, uh, minorities, quote unquote, heavy quotes will be in will be the majority white. That is terrifying to mm-hmm. white people because they mm-hmm. want to continue to dominate. Yeah. So if white cis women are not going to have babies whenever mm-hmm. they're not going to stay in power, right. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? The they're yeah. not. And that is the thought. It is mm-hmm. as simple and stupid as that. Yeah. It is as controlling as that. And the thought that you would, the fit, the, to have the thought that white cis men cared about anybody else, mm-hmm is ridiculous. And this right. is what I was trying to get my dad to understand is like, why does men don't care if black people have children or not? Mm-hmm. Right. They don't, when, when we, first of all, we die in childbirth at the highest rates mm-hmm. when we're alive, our, we are, our bodies weather due to anti-black racism, continuously, um, systemic racism in every single, any space we mm-hmm. walk into. Right. They're, it, you, they don't care about our life. <laughs> so you so, mean that in the sense of like whether or not black people can access abortion? I don't mean it just in that. I don't, I, I, no, I don't okay. mean it just in that. I mean it that they don't, they don't care. Like mm-hmm. they just don't care about our bodies. Right. So I'm saying they don't care about our life. Like there's mm-hmm. no care. Like white people are set, white people are not harmed in this country in the same ways that black people are. Mm-hmm. They're just not. So you can't say that you, you are so concerned about this, you know, white baby. You're not, you, you're actually, you're not concerned about the white baby. You just want that child to grow up. Right. And be an adult and get power. You certainly don't care about no black child. How could they ever say they care about a black child? That would never be the case. So that's what it's like. You have to think of abortion discourse in those ways Mm. when it's at this level. Yeah. Abortion absolutely posit- abortion rights absolutely positively impact black and non-black people of color in this mm-hmm. country. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying their desire to have it be another way is rooted in white people continually continuing to to reproduce and still be in the dominant, like still be dominant uh population, mm-hmm. right? And I think your dad was kind of asking what would be the incentive for white people to hinder the uh, access to abortion for black people if they don't want black people to exist and they don't care about black people because black people are going to die anyway that is their thought okay (laughs) the police
police are doing that job. It is a genocide. They are literally hired to mm. chase and kill right. black people. Which, we die in childbirth. Mm. We die medical racism mm. across the board. Right. It's not just childbirth. And you right? talked about how Margaret Sanger, um, we tried to explain to him, I don't think he put two together about, mm-hmm. you know, Margaret Sanger being a eugenicist and yeah. how birth control was sort of born from a eugenicist movement that said, you know, Black children are undesirables and that they shouldn't be here. So yes. we're going to focus all our experimentation and creating birth control yep. medicines and, and birth control methods on black and brown people. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And whether they die, like you're saying, is notwithstanding. Absolutely. And whether they abort their children or not is also notwithstanding. It doesn't They're matter to them. They're undesirable either way. It just doesn't matter mm-hmm. to them. It doesn't. It can't be. It can't even. Where would we? Where's the evidence that they care about black people? Right. They don't. Right. And that's funny that we have to do evidence and provide evidence for that, how they don't. Yeah. I'm like, how do I have to tell you that the country is a white supremacist, but everybody talking about, oh, I'm so scared about what's going to happen on the the third or the fourth. Yes. That we're going to be jolted into civil unrest. I want to know people's definition of civil unrest. Yeah. Just like I want to know why people are like Amy Comey Berry because she is a... um, a white person who is a like religious or a Christian or whatever and is opposed opposes abortion rights is going to now end Roe v. Wade as if her ending Roe v. Wade is going to make black people black birthing people not die or save their life. I don't know. Like I mean, ending Roe v. Wade will be absolutely positively detrimental to black and non-black mm-hmm. POC who won't have the startup access to the startup abortion clinic that white people will start anyway. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If Roe v. Wade does not doesn't if if it gets taken away. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. There's a, white people always have loopholes in the law. The yeah. law still, even if it doesn't exist, will still protect yeah. them. It is black people and non-black POC in this very segregated country who won't have access to those particular spaces, yeah. right? Mississippi, a state, I think I said this already, so you're going to have to edit this, but a state that has 37% black people has one abortion clinic in the entire state. Mm. <laughs> in the entire state. Yeah. You you don't care about if black people have abortions or not. But then also, literally, black people have always been discouraged from having children. Mm-hmm. Always discouraged. Either when you create, when yeah. you create, uh, I would say, I think it was two thousand. When did I come here? I think it was two thousand twelve. Mm-hmm. And on the subways in New York City, there was posters that had a picture of a little kid, black kids, all black kids, little kid crying, saying, "To care for me, it costs ten thousand dollars. Please use protection." Another one would say, "Like, you know, you can't go to college right after high school if you have me." literally targeting black people there was there's been huge um uh sti not sti but birth control nor plants which are essentially um a birth control hormone that releases in your body to stop you from ovulating. It's so it's a birth control. Yeah, it's the, it's the, um, the, what is the hell is it called? This nor plant, but mm-hmm. it's just like a little stick that yeah. sticks into your arm. Mm-hmm. They were putting them, in children's bodies in the Bronx. 
They were doing when, it was what like year was 2016, this? 2014, like recently. Mm-hmm. You when they when they talked about the um I'm forgetting all the things. I'm saying I want to say Paragard, but that's not what I'm entry unit uh, the IUD. Yeah. <laughs> Paragard makes it's IUD. late. We gotta start doing this so late. Uh-huh. Yes, I know. Yeah, so the IUD, IUD advertisements, do you know where they were placed? In the Bronx, mm. in Bed-Stuy, in Crown Heights, in all of these predominantly black neighborhoods, mm. white people do not want black people to have children. Mm-hmm. They don't want that. Yeah. Sterilizing in the in prison where predominantly black and non-black POC people are held to continue slavery are sterilized yeah. to this day. Yeah. Abortion conversations at the level of state, right? I'm just talking about the level mm. of state are literally directed to white people. It is not directed to black people and non-black POC. Black people and non-black POC will be most impacted by not having access to abortion because then folks will have to use unsafe methods of of abortion. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, this is a cry out to white women to come on board and to continue in the ways of white supremacy and patriarchy that are completely made up and to continue Mm -hmm. being stay at home moms and caring at home. That's all. That's literally all they want. And I also feel like what I'm hearing inside of that, too, is, again, this nascent and, and, and longstanding fear of an actual black uprising happening in this country. Yes. That has been what has terrified White people since slavery. Yep. Was what even during slavery, during the transatlantic slave trade. Yeah. That if black people were to somehow not just have the political, um, the political ability, but also the political numbers. Yes. I'm in a, order to be to be a formidable foe against white supremacy. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to read this from Medical Apartheid. Medical mm-hmm. Apartheid is by Harriet A. Washington. This is on page 198. Mm-hmm. The pill was made available to poor black women free or cheaply from government-sponsored Planned Parenthood clinics and central urban areas facilities that were the direct progeny of Sanger's Negro Project Clinics. Clinics had many other contraceptive technologies in their arsenals, including condoms and diaphragms, barrier methods that physically blocked access of semen to the uterine neck, backed up by spermicidal jellies and creams. Clinics also fitted African-American women, fitted more African-American women than white women with intrauterine devices Mm, or IUDs. And again, also when I I can't remember the court case, I'll find it so you can put it in the... um, uh, the resource list, but there have been court cases where uh, black femmes have been charged for um, maybe perhaps drug use or something just minor, right? But they go to the court and the court says you either serve six years, a plea deal, you serve six years or you get sterilized. Mm. You Again, when we say the country mm. is built on white supremacy, the country is also built on eugenics. Which is white supremacy. But it's not going, but it hasn't gone away. Yeah. The eugenics of of black people to not produce. Mm-hmm. Police brutality is a reproductive justice issue. Mm-hmm. That's not on, no, Amy, the Supreme Court is not talking about that. But even the they people who are scared only, ain't talking but about But to it. even, but to get this though, to talk about abortion as the only reproductive justice issue is is actually white supremacy mm. <laughs> because you are not being mindful of all the ways that people want reproductive justice. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it misses people. What it you miss, mean? I mean, it, I, the rhetoric, the, I, I just, the rhetoric is not there as far as people's fears. And I think what we, what I'm noticing is that the, the fears that are most prominently featured in media or the concerns that people normally hear are of white people. Mm-hmm. Even people saying she's going to take us back a hundred years or 200 years or whatever. Like they're not, they're not putting two and two together that if black people till the day of her confirmation, if black trans people to the day of her confirmation are being killed in high numbers, come on, this is my that, point. That this is my point. people's ability to have reproductive justice. Come on. It's to family plan. Come They're on. saying those things on the heels of black trans people dying. Yep. Of it being endemic. Yep. And let's be, and that is just, that is my point. And I just want to make this super clear that reproductive justice is a paradigm, is a framework created by black films. Mm-hmm. that says that people should have the right to have children, the right not to have children and the right to raise them and bring them up into supportive and encouraging environments. Yeah. Those are the tenants. Yeah. <laughs> and it's created by black femme. So feminism says, we're going to talk about white feminism says we're going to talk about abortion and that's it. Yeah. That's and we're going right. to talk about our access, our rights as women. It just, it, it just leaves out so many things, right? It leaves out so many people who are mourning the fact that even the fact the going to have the thought of even having children is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they tell because they could die in childbirth. Yeah. 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 Because they can die in childbirth. But the argument is, oh, well, now abortions will be more unsafe because of Amy Coney Barrett. Well, but now, abortions, but pregnancies, all the shit—they talk about everything. But it's already unsafe. And if Mississippi only has one abortion clinic, mm-hmm. how many of how many pregnancy clinics exist? And I, I don't crisis pregnancy centers exist. And what happens at crisis pregnancy centers is that if you go in and you're asked, they make themselves look like right yeah they literally make themselves look like and advertise themselves like they are places to have abortions mm-hmm. and people go there to try to have an abortion and they are they are forced to hear the heartbeat they are given an ultrasound and then they are uh manipulated and forced into going keeping the child mm-hmm. it you 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 i want i need to know how many crisis uh pregnancy centers are, exist in mississippi yeah. right yeah. you know what i mean like i need yeah. to know because again if we're not just talking about police brutality we're not just talking about medical racism but to have children is expensive mm-hmm. this country does not support you in having your children no and supporting them and making sure that they can thrive mm-hmm. if you are black or a non-black person of color it just it does not happen here yeah it makes it even harder when you have children. Yeah. And then they say, learn how to take care of your kids. Yeah. Do better. And then they say, you having too many. Correct. Yes. Correct. So. Yes. Oh, the having too many is a function of eugenics. Yeah. Yes. And I think it's just, again, I, I, it, it just boils down to white people's sort of obsession with legislation yes but not even obsession because obsession i think will warrant that you read the laws you read read the no it's an obsession with power 
Well, the thing is, they always talking about, you know, a Roe versus Wade, and then when they really want to be salty, or they want to be saucy about, you know, um, education and black people and public schools, shit like that, mm-hmm. they'll say Brown versus Board of Education. I'm yep. just like, uh, Brown versus so Board much. of Education, y'all are talking about how it impacted black people coming into white schools, integrated yep. into a world still created and dominated by white people and not the impact that that had on black teachers and black educational institutions that were thriving and that existed Yep, with black teachers and black students yep. where now you see it's a complete opposite in some cases Yep, where it's just a mostly white administration, white teachers, white faculty, with black students. But you have to, this is the same. And I feel like because you were in the thick of it in California, Mm -hmm. this is the same thing with the marriage, right? With um, gay marriage. Yeah. And like people, it was, you know, even myself, if you look back at like old Facebook photos, you could probably find that I was super excited about Mm -hmm. that legislation. Mm -hmm. And then I started to look deeper and started to follow and listen to more, Mm -hmm. but listen to more like black activists and be like, the only way this passed was because white cis men white cis gay men care about it mm-hmm. and they demanded that they have it and when i went to school at ucla i'll never forget it um i think when it first it didn't pass at it did pass at first something happened with prop eight yes. when it did pass yes and white i never you know for i don't know why i didn't put two and two together i guess because i was only 18 i was like i didn't realize that queer people were racist that yep. white queer people were racist. It yep. took me a little bit of a minute to realize that. Yep. Uh, but they were saying as black people were, was the reason why it didn't pass. They were blaming black churches. Got it. That white, a whole, in West Got Hollywood, it. it was like a whole protest white gay cis men did. Wow. Where they were like, black people are to blame for this passing and they are very homophobic. Wow. Essentially homophobic. Uh, homophobia only exists in black communities. Wow. And people still say shit like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, Till yeah, this yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Till this day. But so- see, it's the looking beyond the mm-hmm. legislation. Mm-hmm. It's, that's what it is for me. It's looking beyond the white gaze of legislation. Yeah, that's Like, it, it really is. Like, you have to and dig deeper democracy. with this shit. Yes. yes. You have to. Yes. You have to. And, and I- you don't even have to go that deep. Well, that's the thing too. It's like you—you you don't have to go that deep. You just have to get in your bones that this country does not care about black people, and that's it. It's not when you are thinking about it. It's yes. all the time. Yes, it's not during November third, <laughs> right? Where all right. of a sudden your vote counts. Yes, when it could be when there's ratios. I'll link an article to the Atlantic where there is a. It can be mathematically weighed the ratio of each individual's vote a part of the popular vote versus that of the electoral college mm. where states that are traditionally Republican or conservative, i.e. mostly majority white states like Wyoming could have, uh, could be more critical in an election than a, a large state like California. Like it would, would that actually have black people in it? <laughs> like it's just, you, you, you can't all of a sudden, like you said, just think that, because it's November and it's not February, that black people are somehow now a part of this process in a meaningful way. Even the even with Kamala Harris being vice president. Yeah. That's not gonna change that misogynoir exists. Yeah. That's not gonna change yes. her own internalized Let's go. misogynoir. Let's go. That's not gonna change her own internalized anti blackness. Colorism. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's not gonna change mm-hmm. her own um disposition toward law enforcement. Yeah. Even if Kamala Harris was a prosecutor, 
Oh, that's not going to her being vice president is not going to necessarily give her the leeway and the space to rethink yep. law enforcement and to see how futile yep. and deadly it's been. Yep. It's not going to galvanize inside of Kamala Harris or it's not likely to galvanize in Kamala Harris a certain responsibility to doing what black people sometimes think we do. We can go and infiltrate a thing. Yep. Let me go inside the system and change it. Yeah. It'll just change it. Yeah. Yeah, and shut you up or make you exhausted or kill your spirit. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not, it's all, it's, it's symbolic. Yeah. It's symbolic. You know, and I think it's important for people to realize that. We're we going to end soon, but I do want to presence that for black people, it's like, I like I always say, we have to worry about what we're going to do for us and not the U.S. Yeah. I, I think say that again. we we have to consider what is our actual plan, not a plan that some black celebrity has come on the coattails of yep. and decided that they want to inject themselves a, re- a, a traditionally historically apolitical yep. black celebrities. Yep. And yes, Ice Cube used to say, you know, you know, was in NWA and that is political in a way. Black people all it, I can't. Uh, being a coon, I'm not calling Ice Cube a coon, but maybe he is a coon. Ice I'm not Cube calling... is a coon. Well, you know, it's funny because I love Cube. That's the cold part. I don't oh, love you're Cube having a I hard love... time. No, I'm not having a hard time because what I realize is that Ice Cube's business partner, Jeff Quanitz, um, a longtime business partner, is friends with Trump's former chief advisor, uh, Steve Bannon. A but white, what a is in your way right now? Nothing is in my way, but I'm saying like, the mother like we have to pay closer attention to this idea of coon. We have to pay closer attention to it. And I forgot my train of thought on that. But like you said, you love him. I'm just saying. Like I, I was saying, I'm not sure if Ice Cube is a coon. Yes. What would have you unsure? Um. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. He yeah. probably. I is think a your coon. love of him is in the way. I don't really love. You, know, you said you love club him. And, you like, said you love him. Like musically, like you know, we be club. Yes, like, is you that know, is I mean, your fandom go, in the West way? Side connection is your fandom in the way of calling him a coon? Not to the degree that some people's fandom is in the way. But is it? In but the way? I can reconcile. <laughs> but look, I can reconcile. This is. Let me expand my definition of coon. No, I think that's what I'm. We're need not going to gonna expand it because we're running out of time. Uh, I, we talk about it later. Ice, Ice Cube, Cube is a coon. He did some coon shit. Okay. He's a coon. He's, He's a, a coon. coon. He coon <laughs> And I'm going to say why. Ice Cube no. has a long time business part. This is important. You said that already, babe. You said it. Okay, but I was interrupting. You, no, I didn't interrupt you there. But you said Steve it. Bannon is a known white nationalist. It doesn't matter. Who worked matter. for Donald Trump. It doesn't But some people are thinking. He has his they, own brain. They think Lil Wayne and Ice Cube really are like. Okay, they trying to actually do something or, you know, at least they come into the table and trying to, you know, move us forward. And let's not just talk about the problems. They actually come up with solutions. People say stuff like that. That Ice Cube and Lil Wayne are doing that. What does that have to do with Steve Bannon? It has, a, it has everything to do with it. It is not an innocent like, oh, you know, let me hurry up like two weeks before the election and go meet with Donald Trump. It is all no, strategic. 
What does people saying that have to do with Steve Bannon? Because people are like, Ice Cube is doing it out of the goodness of his heart. No. It's completely innocuous. No. Doing what out of the goodness of his heart? Beating with Donald Trump. No, babe. They're not thinking that. People do but think the, that. But Ice Cube has his own brain? But baby, he got has his, his own, own brain. brain. But anybody who's been working for a white-run record label for that fucking long and gotten that successful does not do so without white people having a hand in their pocket and also influencing their political beliefs. Yeah. Just because this nigga a celebrity don't he mean... He has his own brain. He has his own brain. And that's ridiculous. He's not well, a baby. he's a little Wayne excuse. No excuse. He's always been anti-black and so has Ice Cube. And so yeah, has 50 true. Cent. It's true. Ice Cube <laughs> couldn't stop Dr. And Dre. And they all hate black women. It's yep. consistent because if you got a black woman on a ticket, they're not going to vote for it. Mm-hmm. And if, didn't you tell me that statistic? Yeah, statistic 36%. That's what's informing this, not Steve fucking Bannon. Well, yes, this is true. <laughs> there was a poll, um, I'm going to link to it, that black cis men are 10% less likely than both white cis women and Americans of all racial backgrounds to say they support a black woman as Biden's vice president. That's pick. insane. That man. means that only 36% of black men said that Biden's selection of a black woman was a good idea. Compared to nearly twice that number of black men who said nominating a woman generally was a good idea. So let me run that back. 36% of these niggas. Thirty-six percent of these niggas said that it was a bad idea. That it's only thirty-six percent of these niggas said that it was a good idea. So that leaves a whole <laughs> wide percentage. Seventy, so seventy left. About seventy-something percent thought it's a good idea. That it's a bad idea. Yeah, that Biden chose a, a black woman Christ. as a vice presidential candidate. The massage. So, but they, but twice that number. So about fifty-two or. 72% thought that picking a woman was a good idea. Just not a black one. <laughs> it's the Ice Cube trying to me. do a whole fucking platinum plan and they Come name it after now. James Come and on Finn. now. They name it after Jury He got Hicks. his own mind. But that's my thing is like you couldn't even stop Dr. Dre from fucking hitting and beating on black women his whole fucking career. But you about to stop um, the Republicans and Democrats from taking advantage of black people economically and politically? No, he don't care about that. With that, with that, on that note, who do you think is winning this election? Joe Biden is going to win. Okay. I think Trump is winning. Do you want to say why? I think Trump is winning because of stuff like this. I think he's going to win because of stuff like this and also because white people have an allegiance to racism. And yeah. I think that this, you know, majority Senate, uh, Republican Senate, and this, you know, obscure mm-hmm. electoral college, whoever the fuck they are, all of these people are getting something. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is, but there is some incentive. Also, Nancy Pelosi never um, kicking him out or actually going through with the impeachment or mm-hmm. getting the impeachment going sooner than when it did. Yeah. It, it just, I don't know, shit feels fishy to me. Yeah. Like, it don't seem like, I just, I just, um... I resist the bubble that I live in and I'm just trying to think like the people who literally would never hear this podcast would never even think to listen to it would look at us and scoff, you know, in the street. 
<laughs> but also the more subtle folks who just want to have money and have less taxes. Yeah. So like a fifty cent and the rest of the cum. Yeah. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think it's gonna pull. You know, I don't think that white supremacists are gonna do shit. I think I may be right on that. Yeah. Regardless, if Joe Biden wins, I think I don't think. I see, you know, in Manhattan, <laughs> stores are boarding up their stuff. Mm. I mean, I guess people might get upset that he's president, but I don't even think that's going to happen. I don't think that it's going to happen that if Trump wins, that people are going to riot. I just don't think that that's going to be the case because I don't know what would be the point of that. Right, because you he's been the president so yeah yeah. i don't i don't know i just don't and none of these protests are in response to trump being president there was a a great resignation after the impeachment even though it was damn near found he was damn near found guilty everything but again the government still found a loophole to continue to have him be president Mm -mm. so i'm like if everything that we are supposed to support supports having a president like that and giving them just unbridled power of that nature then I get that. What would be the incentive for people to riot around? I just won't be surprised. Why are people being angry? I don't know. Yeah, I won't be surprised. I just won't be surprised. Well, I'll say that Joe Biden is going to win for all the reasons that you just named. Joe Biden is absolutely doing a power move and pandering. Not even pandering. You can't call this pandering. Joe Biden is looking out for the interests of white people and he's calling it middle America because they don't, they're not thinking about black people in Iowa and black people in remote and rural Illinois. They're thinking about white people. So Joe Biden is saying strategic little shit like, no, ain't no need for looting echoing all that same rhetoric that white people say, Oh, no need for looting. Blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, even Kamala Harris saying, you know, he's not going to ban fracking as if banning fracking is a bad thing. Yeah. Um, especially when fracking is something that just is actively happening. It's happening in Brooklyn. National Grid is trying to build a pipeline through Brooklyn of natural gas. So that's another thing to keep on your radars. I will also link to that and link to some organizing and activism Thank happening you. in Brooklyn um, to make sure that I think it's called the LNG um, pipeline does not go through. Yeah, he's, he's just, he's about white people, man. Joe Biden has never said anything radical. That's never true. said nothing That's true. that indicated that he was going to be true. a departure from. But that might not help Trump. that he has Kamala Harris, babe. It's a, I mean, she is very fair skinned. His colorism is on her side, featurism, uh, texturism, all of those things are on mm-hmm. her side. So maybe that'll help. It definitely helps on a regular basis, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'll be surprised. There are um, safety plans floating around online. I'll mm-hmm. give Ebony one to link, and it'll be linked in the resources. Mm-hmm. So, folks, you know, if people do pop off, that you stay safe. Um, you know, you never know. I'm, I, I may be, I may be thinking inside of my bubble about people popping off or not. Um, so they might, they might pop off in, in places that we may never see or know. Well, the thing is, is that black people already been doing that. But I'm saying mm. black people pop off and it's in it's in response to violence that is happening to us. Mm. And also when no one all the time when and nobody is looking. Yes. Yes. I, I'm, I'm not even, you know, I, I just I don't know. I just don't think I don't know. I don't think white people are going to do nothing. 
Well, the little shit that they do try to do, yes. um, you know, just let them know. I, if you're doing the right wing, you get hit with the left hook. You know, that's all I'm going to say for my part. <laughs> for my contribution, you know, um, I, I, this, I, look, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, if you look at the history of the country and the history of presidents, you will understand the reasons why they are the same. And the reason why, even if they do have different political sensibilities, they are the same because they are presidents under the same constitution that had black people be three-fifths of a person and that has this election almost kind of be pre-decided by a group of 200 or 583 people who um, you don't necessarily get to see. Yep. Um, so I'll end this by reading something from a president that people know and love. I will say then that I'm not, nor have I ever been, in favor of bringing about in any way the social and political equality of the white and black races. That I am not, nor ever have been in favor of making voters or jurors of Negroes, nor of qualifying them to hold office, nor to intermarry with white people. Um, and I will say in addition to this that there is a physical difference between the white and black races, which I believe will forever forbid the two races living together on terms of social and political equality. Uh, you want Who to take said a, that? That's Abraham, Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. So I'll end that with that. Is not- he freed me. I hate it here. I hate it. We love y'all. Stay safe. Thank you for listening, especially all the way to this point. My Lord, thank you. Um, You know, you know where to find us. Share this, share the episode, share the resources, share the knowledge. Just, you know, credit, credit your friends over here in our Brooklyn. Please read the resources. Whatever y'all go do, remember, ain't no black person ever telling y'all, nor do we have the power to influence institutionally to tell you to not go vote. That is it's not too the late message. now. You didn't do whatever you want to do, but we never would tell you. Just do what you want, but just do it informed. That's always that's informed. the point of this and podcast. Real, and whether you vote or not, negotiating to give power to your enemy and your opponent is never gonna give you liberation. Okay, it's not gonna give you it. You can't vote. Yes, you can't vote out fascism. You just can't. Sorry, you no. can't. You voting that is an action, but it's not gonna vote out fascism. Especially fascism that parades around as a democracy created by people who said that giving us the actual right to vote for our leaders, quote unquote, was too much democracy. Yes. I'll link to all of this. I love all of y'all. We're back. We're back. We're back. Give us some grace. Adios. And SARS and SWAT. Um, Love to Nigeria and love to Zimbabwe. And yeah, vote no on Prop 22 if you're in California. In the exploitation of laborers by tech companies, in this case, Uber and Lyft, who put $185 million to get a proposition on a ballot in order to not pay people. They spent $185 million to not pay people. Hmm.